This is Nursing in America. Each week we speak with incredible nurses from all over the world who have taken the leap to start a new life in the United States. If you're thinking about doing the same, then this is the place you'll find all the insider knowledge and inspirational success stories to realize your own American dream. Hi, everybody, and welcome. I am your host, Tanya Friedman, and today's topic is on our success path. Those seven uh, steps on our success path that you can see on our website is when you arrive in the United States is to enjoy and prosper. We're going to be talking about what it's like to live in the United States and some of the three main challenges that international healthcare workers encounter when they arrive here. We've got a very special guest today. We have uh, Mukul Bakshi from the CGFNS, and we're going to be bringing him in to speak about uh, the new announcement for the CGFNS and uh, what that means for international nurses. Hi, Mukul. Welcome. Hey, Tanya. Thank you so much for the invitation. It's great to see you. We are excited to have you here. You are a very special honored guest, Mukul. And before we do introductions, just to let you know on the announcement that the CGFNS made um, and that the new change with the with the English proficiency exam. And we had, I think it was 80,000 views wow. on the show last week. So there's a lot of interest in this topic. So we're really excited to have you here today. And we're going to start off with some introductions. So, um, Mukul, if you want to maybe introduce yourself, um, and um, we can start there. Great. Thank you so much, Tanya. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Mukul Bakshi. I am at CGFNS. I've been here for eight years, uh, first as the director of the Alliance for Ethical International Recruitment Practices, which is the division of CGFNS that ensures that foreign educated health professionals coming to the U.S. are treated fairly and ethically. And that's how I actually got to know Tanya Kinetics is because they have committed to our code uh, for as a certified ethical recruiter. Uh, in addition, I'm the chief of strategy and government affairs at CGFNS, which is how I've been involved uh, with these exciting changes on English language proficiency. Well, thank you for sharing your background. So, Mukul, can you maybe, let's take a, a step back from the announcement. Um, can you tell our viewers, just, if, you know, if they, they don't know, I mean, most international nurses will know about the CGFNS, but if somebody's starting this journey and doesn't know what the role is of the CGFNS, can you give us a little bit of background about Absolutely. That? So, CGFNS has been around since 1977. It was established by the American Nurses Association, the National League for Nursing, and our mission is to help people bring their education and credentials across borders. So if you're coming, we work around the world, you know, we have programs in New Zealand and Canada, but specifically for those of you who are interested in the United States, uh, we have two things. So we have the visa screen program, which is uh, something that you need if you need an employment-based visa to come to the U.S. So say you're a nurse and you want to uh, get a visa, an EV3 visa, for example, to be a nurse here, um, you need a visa screen certificate from us. And so we provide that report, that certificate to USCIS that says that you are qualified to be a nurse. So that's the, the visa piece, the immigration piece. Also, many states, most states, um, require a report from us if you uh, are looking for a license in that state. So essentially, what we do is we validate your competencies, your credentials, so that regulatory bodies like state boards of nursing or U.S. immigration can evaluate your your credentials and say, all right, this person has what they need to either be licensed to practice here or to get a visa. 
Okay, thanks, Mukul. That, that's a great explanation. And I think really shares with nurses exactly what the CGFNS does because there's a lot of confusion. Sometimes people hear a lot of names. There's the visa screen and the CES and you know, CVS. So there's just a lot of services and things that, that the CGFNS um, offer. So it can be a little bit confusing how that actually fits into an already complex process. Um, it's really an important function that the CGFNS fulfills, though. Can you share why the role that the CGFNS plays is so important for U.S. employers? Absolutely, Tanya. And uh, first, I want to highlight, you mentioned the complexity. I know this process is very complex, and that's why I think a lot of healthcare professionals benefit by working with certified ethical recruiters who um, you have been affirmed and validated, but can help navigate some of these challenges. So I think that's really important. Uh, so the CGFNS is very important um, for a variety of reasons. I think, you know, we're the ones who are kind of validating those credentials on behalf of all these other stakeholders, like the employers and governments and stuff. So employers wanna make sure that you have the visa that allows you to work in the United States and that you can get the license that you need to practice. And so we're the ones that are trusted to kind of serve that gatekeeper role uh, to make sure that they're doing that. Because I mean, there's a lot of complexity when we're looking at transcripts from around the world, licenses from around the world. Uh, and so th that we're the ones who are trusted to say, all right, these look authentic and these mean what they mean here. Okay. And um, thanks, Mukul. So, I mean, really the way we always explain it to the nurses is, is kind of how you say it, but, you know, from an employer's perspective, it gives them peace of mind. Absolutely. Mukul said CGFNS is the gatekeeper to make sure that you're a real nurse. And if there's someone who's not a real nurse, we don't want that person taking, trying to take patients, uh, care of patients in the United States. How long does it take to process the visa screen once you apply? I've heard it takes up to six months. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's accurate. So it varies a lot is is the short answer. Um, depends on how long we can get uh, because obviously credentials have to be sent directly from the primary source. So that certainly can add a, a couple months. If a credential has to be revalidated, we have to make sure it's authentic. That can also add up additional time. And then just, you know, at each stage of the process, especially with so many people coming to the United States now are interested in visas, um, there's kind of, you know, backlogs at different pieces of the process. So I think, you know, six months is a reasonable estimate, um, but it certainly could take, you know, shorter in good cases or, or it could take longer depending on the specifics of what happens with your application. Can I apply for a visa screen if I have not yet passed my IELTS or my English exam or the, the other exams that are going to come up now? Yeah, uh, so you can apply for it at that stage, but it, you won't be able to receive your visa screen until you uh, pass a, a qualified English exam. So, yeah, uh, you can certainly apply and get that process rolling and get the other credentials sent to them. I, I, I actually wouldn't say that's a bad idea because English is actually in general, a quicker credential for us to verify because we can get that directly digitally from the testing provider, whereas a lot of these other documents have to be sent. Um, so the short answer is yes, you can apply, but you won't be, of course, eligible for a visa screen until you have finished your English language proficiency requirement. Okay, so that's great advice, everybody. And um, Mukul, you spoke about the long timelines and the backlogs. Why do CGFNAs take that long? Any plans to make it shorter or a bit quicker? Uh, yeah, so great, great point. So this is this is what keeps me up at night. Is okay. you know, we we want to make sure you know we our goal is to kind of uh, support the global healthcare community, and so we want to make the process as streamlined as possible. There have been a lot of challenges that have prevented us from doing that thus far, uh, but you know I know we are undergoing a thorough kind of 
review of our processes to see are there places that we can streamline pieces of the process without um, imperiling patient safety, which is obviously our primary objective. So that I think that will happen. I think it'll be over time. I mean, right now, the, the sheer numbers of applications uh, make that uh, an extra challenge as that normalizes, that might might be part of the solution. And also the movement towards digital credentials, right? If we're able in the future to get more documents uh, through, you know, kind of digital means as opposed to paper, you know, snail mail, that could also, I think, uh, reduce the timelines. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any way to premium the visa screen process? Uh, there is an expedite process once your documents are in that you can expedite um, the visa screen review. The The issue with that, though, is the biggest barrier is not our evaluation time, which is what you can expedite. It's getting all the documents. And that obviously can't be expedited because we have to actually wait for your schools and licensing authorities to mail. But there is an expedite option uh, if you are you know, trying to get that very quickly. Perfect. Okay, so so let's move on to, to the big drum roll, exciting announcement that everyone has been waiting for for many, many years. Mukul, I'm just thinking of you and I meeting in San Diego. I don't even know how many years it was. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get Pearson PTE and OET into the CGFNS? So, because um, it's from Kinetics USA side, we've been doing this also for a very long time. Yeah. Um, so tell us about the announcement, what led up to that, and what does this mean? for international healthcare workers. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Tanya. So, you know, we've talked about, and what you just mentioned before, Tanya, about we wanna make sure that we're offering as many opportunities as possible for healthcare professionals around the world to kind of meet our processes. And one of those, of course, from people coming from many countries in the world, in fact, most of them, is that you need an English language proficiency exam. So previously, um, or currently, rather, uh, the two exams that were approved were IELTS and TOEFL. And so we've been working with the U.S. government, specifically the uh, HRSA division of the Department of Health and Human Services, on kind of updating the federal regulations uh, to allow for additional uh, English language tests. The, the idea here is obviously our primary goal is to ensure that, you know, people who need to have English language proficiency are able to speak in read English, um, but we want to provide as many opportunities and avenues to do that. And so um, that was the goal was to have that happen. And so effective August 1st, when you go on our website, you'll see that uh, there are multiple options, including uh, Pearson PTE and OET uh, that you can take to satisfy that requirement. Okay, perfect. Can a medical technologist also take the OET exam? Uh, yeah, so great question. So essentially, a medical technologist will be able to take OBT. So there's kind of three categories of testing providers. So one is what I would call um, like LPNs or vocational nurses. There's one set of requirements for them. Then there's another set of requirements for registered nurses and uh, most of the allied professions, including medical technologists, speech language pathologists, etc. And then there's a third category for specifically physical therapists and occupational therapists. And so there are those three categories. Um, the Everybody except that, that PT-OT category is eligible to take uh, essentially an array of tests, which includes IELTS, TOEFL, uh, Pearson PTE, OET, as well as the Cambridge English and the Michigan English test and TOEIC. Okay, so really exciting news because this gives international healthcare workers choice. It's not just nurses, it's international healthcare Ooh, workers absolutely. choice 
You have to do the English proficiency exam, which as Mukul said, is, is a requirement, but it gives you choice on which test to go for. We'll be back with the conversation in just a second. There's a wonderful opportunity for you. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses from all over the world to work in healthcare facilities here in the USA. If you are interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. On with the show. The CGFNS accepting some states and then there's some states that accept other tests. How do I make sense of that? <laughs> so this is a, this is a real challenge, and I, I understand why it's it's so complex and difficult. So this gets a really important question that you need to figure out early on when you're deciding what test to take. Is that, um, of course, the federal government takes all these tests that will be listed on our website, uh, but each state has its own requirements for English language. And so, what you if you have an idea of where you'll want to practice, you'll want to take a test that is accepted within that state. So currently, I know, um, you know, most states, of course, take IELTS and TOEFL, which are the traditional tests that have been accepted. Uh, and, you know, I know around 15 states take uh, PT, uh, a few take OET already. I think that number will go up quite a bit. But if you are kind of on the cusp right now of applying, you'll want to check, hey, I want to make sure I take a test that I can use both for my immigration purposes, but also to get, an, get a license to practice. Okay. And you said something really important there. And I think this is a good way for, for healthcare workers to think about this English proficiency test and the new announcement and the, and the choices that now come about. You have to take a test for your immigration purposes. So that's kind of like the umbrella, as I would kind of um, explain it. And then there might be requirements from the specific state that you're going to be working for. So kind of think of it in those two ways. The umbrella, which is the CGFNS, that's for your immigration purposes. And then there's the specific state that you're going to be working in and the requirements thereof. I have applied for the visa screen four months ago and I didn't get the desired score in IELTS. So I want to try OET um, for the visa screen. Can she do that? Yes. So if, if her, as long as her visa screen application is valid, which it would be if it was only a few months ago, um, if, as of August 1st, we would accept a OET score to meet that standard uh, if that's what she has. I also want to mention there's a, there's a, a adjustment to some of the score levels too that will be coming out. So even for the traditional tests, uh, I know there, the, there will be adjusting those scores as well. So you can take a look out for that too. Okay. And that brings us to the end of the time that Mukul has with us. Thank that's you great. so much, Mukul. It was great yeah. to see <laughs> Absolutely. So I would say thank you, Tanya. And I want to say to all of you, uh, you know, I encourage you to work with firms um, that are you know, certified by the Alliance, including Kinetics, uh, to do this. This is, as you can tell, a very difficult process uh, in a lot of ways. And we, we're trying to make it easier. But in, in the meanwhile, um, having people who are really experienced and can help guide you through the process uh, can be invaluable uh, in determining your journey to the U.S. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. So we we're going to be looking at the success path. Um, if you are not sure of how to begin the process, we spoke just now about the IELTS and um, the English proficiency exam and the change in that regard. And for any 
viewers who are maybe not sure how to go about that process and how does the IELTS fit in or how does the Pearson PTE or the OET fit in, please always refer to the Kinetics USA success path. So we're going to be talking about coming to the United States because many nurses know or many healthcare workers know that the process is so complicated, as Mukul said. There's the, the English exam, there's the, the NCLEX. If you're a medtech, the, there's the ASCPI, there's, you know, trying to keep your skills up, there's uh, learning a lot of things when you come to the United States. So there's a lot of challenges um, to get to the United States. And many healthcare workers think when you get here, it's just you enjoy and prosper. All good. In reality, doesn't always work exactly like that. So this is why we like to prepare you. If you are sitting outside of the United States waiting to come in, um, maybe you already started your immigration or maybe you haven't even started your NCLEX yet, these are some of the challenges that you might expect when you come into the United States. So we've categorized for today three main challenges. You're going to um, have challenges from a financial perspective. You're going to have challenges from a clinical perspective of how you adjust. And you're also going to have challenges on the community because you are uprooting yourself or if you have a family, your, your spouse or kids, um, and you're coming to a new place where you maybe don't know anybody. So we're going to be breaking that down for you a little bit and talking about how healthcare workers can navigate that process. Because when you come into the US, you're also going to experience what we call culture shock. And you come in, it's the honeymoon phase. You can't believe you've passed the IELTS, the NCLEX, the OET, the Pearson PTE. You got your visa screen and you got your green card or your TN visa and you're now in the US. You're usually in the honeymoon page. And then often it's not uncommon that you have what we call the dip. The dip is where you have a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of change. But the good news is if you know what's coming, you know that you're going to go through adjustment after a few months and you know that you're going to adapt. So it's really important for any nurses who are thinking of coming to the U.S. or here in the U.S. in your first few months um, or about to arrive in the U.S. to always keep this, this culture shock um, diagram in your mind. So we're going to move now into um, talking about the financial challenge, because this is something that many nurses um, experience in those first few months when they arrive here. We want to enjoy and prosper, but it doesn't happen overnight. So we're going to bring in a favorite of our show, and um, that is Blair from Advanced Shield. And Blair's going to be talking to us a little bit about the financial challenge and how you can overcome that. Welcome, Blair. So Blair, for the next few minutes, we're going to be talking a little bit about the financial challenges that many healthcare workers will experience in the beginning when they arrive in the United States. And, um, you know, we, we want to come in and, 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 and enjoy and prosper as that seven step of success path um, indicates, live the American dream, but it doesn't happen overnight. So in the beginning, finances might be limited and um, there can be unexpected expenses. Maybe you're not getting a, a, a paycheck with as much money as you thought initially, didn't realize how the taxes work. So there's a lot of things to think about on the financial side. Claire, if you want to go ahead and, and, and initial do, a, do a, just a quick introduction, a bit of yeah, a background sure. about you. Okay, sounds great. Uh, my name is Blair Blanchard, and I am the Community Development Officer for Advanced Federal Credit Union. Um, I am in Lafayette, Louisiana, but we have branches um, in various states within the United States. Um, but we also have access around the country and worldwide access through our mobile and online banking. Um, Advanced has 
been around for quite some time. We're celebrating 85 years this year. Um, but we have a specific program that is designed for people in your situation and members like you called our Inbound USA program. So establishing a uh, U.S. banking relationship can be very difficult for people who are recently relocated to the U.S., but we have um, over a decade of experience in easing that transition to the American banking system for international um, assignees with different products and requirements that are tailored to your specific needs. So it makes our services available to you prior to even receiving your social security number. And you can apply as early as seven days before arrival into the U.S. So um, we have that program specifically designed for you. And um, I know a lot of you know about it. A lot of you may not. But any questions that you have, that's why I'm here today. Okay. Great. Well, thank you, Blair. Um, Advantial is a great partner of Kinetics USA, so you will get that resource as, as, a, as a Kinetics um, uh, nurse or healthcare worker. In fact, we always refer to it as us on our circle of support. So our circle of support are all the different ways that we help um, healthcare workers when they arrive in the United States. Lots and lots of different resources and information and services that we provide when you arrive to help make that transition. So Blair, can you share with everybody, I know you've been working with international nurses for a while now. Why is it so important to have a resource like Advanced Shield as a trusted Kinetics USA partner um, when you arrive in the U United States, just for, from a broad overview perspective? Okay, well, we have different banking systems in the U.S. And one of the great things about when you sign on with Kinetics is that you have access to a video called Banking in the U.S. from us. And it explains our entire, um, not just our banking process, but the whole process of banking and the different types of institutions in the United States. But something that a lot of people don't understand that a lot of things that you need for our U.S. banking system involves your credit. So credit is a very important tool in the United States. Um, and unfortunately, if you had a credit history before moving to the US, uh, credit does not cross borders. So it works very differently from country to country. And that means that your previous credit history, whether it was good or bad, will not count towards your US credit scores. So when you come here and you try to buy a car loan or a credit card or any of those banking products that you need access to, you're going to be denied because you A, don't have a credit history and don't have a U.S. banking history. If you do not get denied, most financial institutions will have you rated in a very high tier with interest rates um, that are not favorable to anyone, much less someone in your situation. So there's a lot of various factors that are weighted and credit in the U.S. is a completely separate topic from this. But what we have at Advantial is a program designed for you guys that you do not need your social security number. You do not need a credit history or a banking history here in the U.S. Everybody is on a level playing field. Your APR is reasonable and conservative and favorable to your situation. And you're able to have access to loan products, auto loans, credit cards, and even mortgages um, through our, our program. Thank you, Blair. And this is really very important for international nurses. I was an immigrant myself. I came here on the 4th of July. It was my 22nd anniversary of arriving in the United States. And I've often shared the story of when I went to buy a car 
um, for the first time. My kids were little. I went with my husband. My kids were all excited to go buy a car. Um, the salesman was excited to see us. He thought he was going to make a sale. Um, we were new immigrants from South Africa. We didn't even know what credit was. We didn't know how the banking system worked. Um, and I remember very clearly um, that the salesman being very excited and then he went and obviously checked our credit we didn't know that that's what was, was happening and then he came um back back to us and he said you have no credit and we were like what is that <laughs> it was just like such a shock to us we didn't even know that such a thing existed so if you don't know what credit is please go to the kinetics usa website and and there is a, an article and you can actually see it in the chat how to build your credit for the first time so blair can you share with um with all the viewers when a nurse in the in in arrives in the united states it's obviously important for them to establish themselves and financially. So how does someone go about opening a bank account? Like the first, very first step. My first suggestion obviously would be to do your research and find a financial institution. It's not advantage, one that has um, a program specifically designed for someone in your situation. But in order to open a bank account, um, you would need to verify your identification, gather all of the documents necessary, your passports, have your full legal name, um, and then you would have to fill out an application, which is conveniently done online um, through your onboarder, complete your application. And then um, Kinetics is very generous to fund the savings account. So our accounts do not require a minimum balance as far as checking goes. But as for your savings account, you have that $5 fee that goes into your account. It's your share into the company. Kinetics actually funds that for all of their employees. So that's a very, very good perk. Um, and one less thing you have to worry about. But there's an application process that takes a couple of days that you do online. Um, you cannot apply until you are seven days out from your departure. And with that, you can apply for your savings account, your checking account, where you have access to checks, credit cards, your debit card, and then also um, our credit card program and then auto loans. So once you get here that you're all ready to get all of those options uh, taken care of, but everything is done online. Okay, so that's really helpful and very user-friendly, Blair. We know that we love working with AdvanShield. Um, it's a great resource for our international nurses, and it is part of the Kinetics Care Package that we pay for that setup fee for all international nurses. Blair, I think we're going we're gonna to finish off now, um, and we really um, are very grateful for your partnership because we know that that's one of the biggest struggles that we have on the for our international healthcare workers when they arrive in the United States. So this is a huge, huge advantage. Thank you for, for joining us, Blair. We are Thank you, everyone. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's episode of Nursing in America. Part two will be available next week, so make sure you hit the follow button and come back to join us then. If you enjoyed the episode, please help us and leave a review. Kinetics USA is currently recruiting registered nurses internationally. We offer direct hire which means healthcare facilities will directly sponsor and hire you to work here in the USA. If you're interested, please apply at kineticsusa.com slash application. That's kineticsusa.com forward slash application. You can find the link in the show notes.